Welcome back to Dynasty Heat Seekers podcast and live stream. I'm your host, Rick Butts, here with Anthony, Rob, and Jason, our normal crew. And tonight we are going to be talking two early rookie reviews. Uh, week one's in the books. We got to see some of our favorite rookies play this weekend, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to see uh, what first impressions look like and what we can expect maybe going forward from some of these guys. But first, Jason, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good, good. I'm doing myself. Rob, yeah, what's fantastic. up? Uh, not much. Just another day. Looking excited. Glad to be here. Anthony. Man, I know. Come on, guys. Let's go. Week one. We finally got some football. Got some live I football. Be, thought you guys would be a little bit more pumped up right now. Let's go, baby. Well, I'm excited because uh, some of my favorite rookies got some good run in week one. Obviously, you know, early for any of these rookies in any year would be um, we wouldn't expect a whole lot. But this year's even different. It's even more different and, and more difficult for these guys than normal. So uh, some of the guys that we really expected a lot from that we didn't see a lot from, uh, not really surprised. Some other guys we didn't expect to see so much from early on actually came out and produced pretty well. So uh, that's going to be the meat of our uh, live stream today. So uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button, notification bell if you're over there on YouTube. And, you know, we appreciate you being here. We're going to get into news and notes. And, Anthony, you're our news and notes guy, so what do we got first? Yeah, I think the biggest news this week was uh, Jarwin, like Jarwin, ACL tear. Uh, his season looks over. So uh, I guess next man up would be Schultz. But, you know, a lot of people were counting on Jarwin this year and for a tight end, especially tight end premium leagues. You know, a lot of guys – had him as like their second tight end or maybe even their first tight end, you know, a lot of hype in the off season. Uh, so Jason, what do you think about Blake Jarwin ACL tear out for the season? Hopefully you didn't have any shares of him. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad I didn't buy on the hype of him. You know, uh, I, I just really didn't believe it, but I mean, he had a great opportunity. It's really unfortunate what happened to him. Um, like you said, though, next man up and I don't really see Dalton Schultz getting a lot of work. I mean, we'll see with him, but, I think this really uh, helps out CeeDee Lamb overall, um, but we'll be talking about him later as well. So what do you guys think? Rob? I think, uh, you know, I'm disappointed. I did have a few shares of Blake Jarwin. Thought he had a pretty good chance, uh, you know, for a good role and uh, disappointing in what's going to be a high-powered offense that he's not going to get to be a part of it. So um, definitely bummed out for him, but, you know, that gives a, another guy an opportunity. So, uh, Dalton Schultz, somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, Anthony, did you call this the biggest news of the week? Uh, yeah. From a, <laughs> I mean, this is not the biggest news of the week. I'll just say that much because we've got Michael Thomas injury news. We've got we've got other injury news that's bigger than Dalton or bigger uh -huh. than I see. I don't even I don't even have his name right. Uh, Blake Jarwin. I have zero shares. I think that I didn't want the fourth option in this offense, especially with the talent at wide receiver. I mean, Cooper, Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb are all monster receivers. They're all really, really good. So uh, I didn't really – I didn't want to buy into this tight end, you know, share. It's not Witten, right? 
they gave they gave Jarwin a contract, but I wasn't really you know looking for anything big out of him. You know, maybe some first you know some first down production here and there. But with with Cooper out of the slot and Gallup and and CD Lamb on the outside, I think we even seen it in the first game. Uh, they're all going to be highly targeted guys as the se- season progresses and that offense gets moving. So I really, I really look forward to that offense, but I wasn't really looking forward to him. But I mean, come on, man! Michael Thomas injury news is much bigger than Blake Jarwin. Well, that's actually, since you mentioned it, the second biggest news of the week: <laughs> Michael Thomas uh, ankle sprain, uh, going to miss several weeks here. Um, I don't know, Rob, if you have any MT shares, I think this boosts up Sanders a little bit, uh, you know, down, you know, maybe a few weeks here. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, no, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is always a guy who's productive. I don't, I don't have any MT shares, but Sanders has been productive pretty much everywhere he's been. I mean, even showed up in San Francisco and, you know, it wasn't much of a passing offense, but he was, he was still, uh, a decent there, but, uh, you know, with Drew Brees, uh, the only thing is they didn't pass much in week one. And that's been a trend for them with Drew Brees. So the, the passing volume's going down. Um, but with no MT, you know, that just means everybody else gets a boost again. Um, I like Emmanuel Sanders. I've liked him for a long time. I've owned him in a lot of leagues um, over his career. And he's one of my favorite players in the NFL uh, just from a fan standpoint. So excited yeah. for his opportunity. Uh, Jason, what do you have any thoughts on MT and, and Sanders and maybe Traquan Smith? Yeah, that was my guy, is Traquan. Uh, I think he's the next guy up. And then we'll probably see a lot of uh, Taysom Hill as well. Um, you know, it's a bummer what happened with Thomas. And uh, I think he'll come back strong, though. Uh, it's just going to take a little while. Yeah, yeah I... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say the problem with Traquan Smith is he's had all that opportunity as the wide receiver too, his rookie in his sophomore years, and he's done nothing with it. You know, you get sporadic catches and, it, you know, really his, his value was touchdowns, uh, but he wasn't a consistent player. And I think Emmanuel Sanders is good enough that he still has limited value to me. Yeah, I th- see, I think that what's going to happen is Emmanuel Sanders is going to play out of the slot because that's Thomas runs a lot of his routes out of the slot and they're going to need that outside receiver to step up because Emmanuel Sanders can't run both styles like Michael Thomas can. Right. So they're going to need Emmanuel Sanders to do that, to help that offense because Michael Thomas is just, he's just so good. A, a great route runner. His hands are fantastic. He can, he can run inside. He can run outside. I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is, I don't think you're going to trust him as much on the outside now as you would have five, six years ago. Um, but I think Traquan Smith's going to have to step up. And and Drew Brees was talking him up before the season. Now, obviously, just because your quarterback talks you up don't mean that you're going to step up and, and, and play ball. But uh, that whole game looked sloppy the other day. Um, obviously, Michael Thomas was a, a big letdown in a game where we didn't we didn't know that he was injured until after, you know, after the game could have suspected something. Cause I think that would maybe been his lowest production from the beginning of 2019 till, you know, now. So, um, but you know, I don't know, man, it's, it's going to be tough to see cause Emmanuel Sanders really didn't pop off until he got that touchdown later in the game 
on Sunday either. So I, I think that it's it's up for grabs, and we might actually see Jared Cook get a lot more action. He was he was kind of hot mm-hmm. in that first half, and and we've seen him produce big time with uh, high target volume. So uh, Jared Cook might be a, a tight end to kind of look at acquiring here. You can probably still get him pretty cheap because he's up there in age, but we might see some high volume here over the next few weeks. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, moving on to the next news. Uh, I think the Niners had a lot of lot of big news uh, this last couple of days. So, uh, obviously, Kittle had a knee sprain. He got banged up. was was gone after the after halftime. Um, he he may play, but will be limited. Uh, Debo, who initially was was not on IR, is now on the three week IR. He, apparently, he did have a setback uh, when he was trying to be ready for week one, so he will miss uh, three weeks now. Um, and because there's lack of receivers in San Francisco, Niners uh, just today signed Mohamed Sanu, who has some familiarity with Shanahan and and uh, looks to, I think, have a role right here in week two. So, uh, Jason, what do you think about all the Niner uh, receiver issues? And then Mohamed Sanu, do you think there's any juice left with Sanu? Uh, with Sanu, I, I'd say no. I, I don't even think, you know, you know, he couldn't even make the roster with the Patriots, and they were pretty depleted at, you know, their wide receiver room. Um, yeah, Debo, it's unfortunate. And uh, I think he just needs to take it easy and get healthy, you know. I mean, this guy, he works so hard. But sometimes that can really, you know, take an effect on you and, in your rehab process, you know, he's trying to get back on for week one and, you know, he strained something or whatever, whatever happened. They, they haven't really said much about it, but, uh, and then Kittle went down. That That's the bummer. Cause you know, he's a huge part of their offense and, you know, they need both of those guys back to get going in the passing game. So, I mean, Shanahan's going to figure it out either way. Then he, you know, the guy's a genius. He, he calls a great play, great game. So, I think they'll be fine overall. Uh, you just need to get these guys healthy and back in there. Yeah, I I think there's obviously going to be volume to go around, especially if Kittle sits, right? But, mm-hmm. again, we're talking about the 49ers, and if they get a lead, they'll just lean on that run game, and how much will that volume really be? Like, you could literally command 50% of the target share and get seven targets. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> I, I just I don't have much interest in that. I'll wait for Debo to get back. I'll wait for Ayuk to get healthy and 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 look at those guys um, going forward for the rest of this season and save that roster spot for you know maybe some youth that has an opportunity. We're probably going to talk about some of that here later in this episode. So uh, I would rather use that roster spot on them if I. If, if Sanu's there, I would wait until week three and see what he does in week two before I throw him in the lineup. But, um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not excited about it. Rob? Yeah, I'm not at all excited about Sanu um, or really any of the other options there that appear to be healthy right now with those three, uh, Ayuk, Debo, and Kittle banged up. Um, mm-hmm. The other wide receivers and tight ends don't, don't get me uh, revved up for anything. So... Uh, if there is one guy though that I'm I'm looking at, uh, I know who's coming on that team. Do you? Yep. Jerick McKinnon. Oh no. <laughs> it, it, it is it is Jerick McKinnon. Uh, you know he's back healthy. 
a lot of talk that he was explosive in camp. Uh, seems like he looked pretty good on, on Sunday with three carries, uh, eight yards a carry. Also caught three balls and had a touchdown. Um, has the speed and stuff to, to be effective uh, against uh, a number of players in the NFL and is a pretty decent route runner. So, uh, And I'd say better than what the backup wide receivers are, at least what they've shown me throughout their history. So um, if he can stay healthy, a big if right now in San Francisco, <laughs> and considering he's been out the last two years with uh, the knee injuries, but if, if he's healthy right now, he's the guy I'm most interested in taking a flyer on. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with McKinnon being a guy to take a flyer on. I, I actually took a flyer on him a lot this offseason because he was almost free. Like, he was such a late, late pick. Um, so I don't disagree with that. But Jordan Reed, if he's healthy, it's the same thing. Like, he's going to – if Kittle's going to be out, he's going to be a part of that offense, especially with the, the lack of options that are around. So um, that's who I was thinking when you said that. But I think it's the same situation as Jared Cook when I mentioned him for the Saints – we know Jordan Reed's good. We know he's an athletic freak. Can he stay on the field? Jarek McKinnon, athletic freak. Can he stay on the field? I mean, that was his first game with the 49ers, and yeah. he's and he's been there for this is his third season. Yeah. Right, and, but, you know, the way I look at it is Reed is concussion prone. We know that, given his history. Where I think McKinnon, unfortunately, had a ACL injury, and then he had a setback that – you know, they ended up just saying, let's shelve them for a year. In my mind, you know, it's more of a freak thing to have that setback and to have the multi-year concussion history. So that's, again, kind of why I lean more McKinnon, just because I, I think oh. he's likely to get hurt over this time, too. Oh, yeah, Jordan Reed's a short, short-term fix anyways, short right? Because Kittle yeah. might, he might only yeah. miss one week. Um, McKinnon might be valuable even with everybody else healthy. I mean, it might just be like it was in week one, be the, the monster in, in McKinnon's show in that backfield because Coleman didn't get much action, did he? Well, I'll, I'll ask Anthony, no. the resident uh, 49er fan. No, Coleman didn't get a lot of play. Some people speculate, though, he was kind of complaining earlier that he, you know, he may not play if the air quality was bad, and, and the air quality wasn't great. It was bad. It was, it was smoky. So some people think that, well, maybe he didn't play because of the air quality. So it's still kind of... He has the sickle cell trait, right, Tevin Coleman? Uh, I, yeah, I believe that's what it is. And he, he did play a little, but not a whole lot. Yeah. I think he, ha- I think he had five or six touches total in the game. Right. I mean, they spread they spread that. Obviously, Mozart got the, the, the bulk of the carries, and then it wasn't that effective. But then everybody else was pretty much even in their touches, I feel like. All yeah. right, let's move on. We're spending lots of time on news and notes and McKinnon. And Jordan Reed and Jerry I mean, Cook. We can keep talking about the Niners. It's just your whole Niners. We love those that. spark freaks, you know. What is Love uh, Bell up next? Uh, well, no, I was going to talk about someone else. We can talk about Bell. Bell and Mims both go to IR. Uh, the three-week variety. Uh, some people get confused. I like to clarify that it is the three-week IR. Um, so if you have Bell, I do in a couple spots, and you're hoping to you know, get one last two years out of him. This isn't a good way to start that that run. Uh, Mims, you know, if you drafted Mims in the late first, early second of your rookie drafts, uh, you know, you're just going to hold on to him anyway. You're not really too upset about that. But um, Rob, what do you think about Lev Bell uh, missing a couple, a few weeks here? And and w- would you be looking to buy him cheap, or you maybe looking to try to get get something for him if you could sell him? Well. 
you know, I think it's ironic, right? Ain't nothing wrong with my hamstring. Oops, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think it depends on my situation. It can go either way, a sell or a buy. Um, right now, I, I think the Jets are just dumpster fire until they get rid of Adam Gase, which, you know, hopefully is, is rather soon, in my opinion. Uh, and maybe Lev Bell can come back and be healthy and, and succeed under somebody else. But I, I think there, there's a lot of issues right now, even with him and Gase, where if Gase is still around and he comes back healthy, I don't know that I want him anyways because he's not going to be productive uh, yeah. as, as far as the short term in this one year with Gase, in my opinion. So uh, if I can get the right price for him, I'd be willing to sell, um, which would probably be a late first, early second, early second, I think. For him, um, but and just because he hasn't had the production for a couple of years since sitting out in that. Um, as far as Mims, I I also think going to IR is the best thing for him. You don't have to. One, he missed a lot of camp and he's behind. But two, there's a chance when he comes back, there's no more Adam Gase and and things become a lot smoother and he can learn a system that actually Here, works sit out till we fire our coach and you'll be in a better yeah. spot when you get back <laughs> yeah. yeah hey yeah we'll come, come good back strategy learn a system that'll actually work in the nfl instead of the adam gates system you know i mean why not that's a smart general manager right there <laughs> the smart general manager there would just fire him now jason yeah, maybe, maybe the ownership group though is is holding tight <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the window to sell Bell was a while ago, I think. Um, I mean, right now, you aren't going to get much for him, and you're not going to feel good even if you do trade him for something. But, I mean, yeah, if you can get a first or a second, that, that's great value in my opinion. But, I mean, he's still going to be a part of the offense when he comes back, and he's still going to produce, in my opinion. So they, they don't really have much else. I mean, they are a dumpster fire. But, yeah, and then with Mims, uh, yeah, just wait and see with him. Uh, you know, he's still young, and he's, he's still learning. So, I mean, IR really isn't going to set him back that much because, honestly, you weren't really expecting a ton out of him right. to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to Bell, I think you have to hold right now. Um, yeah. When he gets back on the field, he is going to be a, a big part of that offense. Even though the, the efficiency might not be there, the touches are going to be there, and you're going to at least be able to sell him for more than you're you're able to sell him for now. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, over to the last bit of news, uh, A. Rob was all over social media today, deleting everything Bears, um, and he apparently feels disrespected with the numbers that they're trying to pay him for a new contract, and he seems really disgruntled. There were some rumors that he was demanding a trade. That doesn't seem to be true. Uh, but, man, A-Rob, uh, I guess, you know, if you have him, you're you're optimistic he's still going to finish out the year. Uh, but this kind of kind of muddles up his future. What do you think, uh, Rick? I know Bears are your team. Um, I mean, there's it's no surprise that he wants to get paid, right? He's produced like a, like a, a star-wide receiver with shit, quarterbacks his his entire career i mean you know we just seen leonard fournette go to tampa bay and then put out the post i have a quarterback for the first time in my life well if alan robinson went to a team with a quarterback okay he's from detroit let's just say that he did sign in detroit after this year he could say i have a quarterback for the first time in my life 
<laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's pathetic. We saw, you know, three quarters of bad Trubisky um, this past Sunday, and I've felt bad for Allen Robinson since Blake Bortles was thrown to him. And, and, you know, what he's done with that type of quarterback is outstanding. And it would be great to see what he could do with a good quarterback. And I don't want to see it because I'm a big Allen Robinson fan and I want him to stay in Chicago. But I mean, I can understand why he would be frustrated that they're not willing to, uh, you know, I don't know what he wants. Maybe it is outrageous. Maybe it's, you know, Dak wanting 50 million or whatever, but, um, but I can understand why he would be upset if he's being reasonable and they're not meeting, uh, meeting his demands. So, uh, every player on the bears that I've seen respond to this on Twitter says extend a Rob because everybody knows the value that he has to that team. And, and I'm optimistic they'll get it done and he'll stick around, but they also need to pay a quarterback as well. So, um, it might be, we might just be shit out of luck basically because we only have like 9 million in open cap going into 2021 right now. So, I don't know that they can do both. Right. Rob, what do you think? I think that, you know, he deserves to be paid, like you said. He, he's a great player. He's had terrible quarterbacks, so he'll probably end up in Cleveland uh, to keep that trend going. Uh, but uh, I think there's some teams that, you know, if the Bears make him available, that definitely would would be good spots for him. And would be teams that are going to use him heavily. You know, Washington looks, uh, at least for one week, a little bit better. They could use another wide receiver. Uh, Philadelphia definitely could use a wide receiver. New England could use a wide receiver. San Francisco, dealing with all the injuries, uh, could use a wide receiver. So, you know, there's if, if he's made available by the Bears, there's some really intriguing possibilities. Uh, some with some quarterbacks with pretty big arms or, or good systems where he could be very successful. I mean, I'm sure that sucks being a Bears fan to consider, but, you know, thinking of him, uh, if there's any chance for him to be in a, in a better situation, you know, I think it'd be good for all of us. I will say I think there's about 0% chance that he gets traded during the season. I, I just don't see it happening. The Bears, the, whether you think the Bears are going to be in contention or not, they're likely going to be in contention at least for a wild card. Um, that defense is going to be too good. It's going to keep him too many. We saw him go eight and eight with some of the worst quarterback play in, in the, the league last year. Um, so I, I don't think the bears are going to do that unless it gets to the point where a Rob won't play, but let's remember, right? Julio Jones did this same thing, deleted the Falcons from everything. And then a few days later, guess what? One of the richest players in NFL history it might work the same way in Chicago. So until, uh, until shit really starts heating up, I'm not going to get too, too worked up over it. Jason. Yeah. I think it's priority to sign him. I mean, it's the guy's unhappy. It's, you know, they got to pay their superstar and he's, he's awesome. He's, he's a great player and I wouldn't want, you know, him showing up to work and, you know, wanting a contract and being all pouty on the sidelines and whatnot. So, just take care of it and pay the guy, you know? <laughs> I will say, you know, if you watched – I don't know if you guys watched the Bears game on Sunday, but if you watched him play, you wouldn't have 
known that he was upset with the Bears because he he does give everything he's got. So while he may have yeah. this going on off the field, he didn't take that on the field on Sunday. He had one catch. I, I have no idea how he caught it, um, which when Mitchell Trubisky's throwing you the ball, you're going to have some of those. That if you're going to catch it, you're going to have to blow people's minds. But um, we're almost halfway through the show. Anthony, what do you have to say about A-Rob? And then let's get into the meat of this. Well, just real quick, you know, A-Rob's in a contract year. So he's not going to just give up on his team. That's not going to look good. You know, I don't care who you are, what job you have. You know, that's not going to look good to a future employer if you just quit. So I, I don't think there's anything to worry about with A-Rob. I agree. I, I think he'll finish <coughs> out the year hopefully strong and healthy. And then we will see what, what free agency does with him. All right. All right. So. We are going to talk about running backs first. If you have any questions, make sure you drop those in the chat. We will try to get to as many of them as possible after the show. Um, I am I'm going to open this one up with some CEH. Everybody knows how I feel. Not a, And it's not even as much about him as the player as the price that was put on him. Um, obviously had a great game rushing the ball. Um I'm interested to see how much of that is the defense for the Texans that did not look very good at all, um, did not look, did not tackle very well. How much is that him breaking tackles? Not to take anything away from him. He looked good. Um, but that defense also looked really bad. So which way was it? Was it their super bad defense or he is really good and made them look bad or is it a combination of both we're we're going to see in the in the future but the alarming thing is he was touted as this pass catching back and didn't have a reception which is a trend that we saw in the nfl in week one but that would be my only concern after one week is if he's not going to be that heavily used and if he's that poor when it comes to short yardage and goal line work is williams going to get more and more involved in those situations, which are high, uh, are high value situations for a running back. Um, Jason, what are your thoughts on Ceh? I thought he looked great. I mean, I thought he should have had three touchdowns at least. I mean, he got stuffed on the goal line, but it, you know that's how how it works out. And uh, I also do think that they're going to get him more involved in the passing game. He's a he's a great pass catcher, and he's really slippery when they get him out in the space and. And yeah, like you said, Texans look pretty crummy uh, on the defensive side, but this this guy can like, you know, he makes all these like quick sudden movements and jukes and everything and he knows how to get open. He's a good football player, so I'm pretty excited about Clyde. Rob. Yeah, I thought he was really smooth. I thought, I thought he had some great cuts, some great moves in the hole, one-on-one with linebackers, you know, to to get free. Uh I was really impressed with his running actually because like you said, you're concerned with his passing because that's what he was touted at. I felt like he was an average running back. And so for him to put up that kind of week one game and show some of the moves he did as a running back uh, versus on wide receiver routes, I think was impressive. Um, I think, uh, you know, just in that offense, he's going to get his pass catching opportunities at some point. Uh, But, the way that secondary was playing against those wide receivers. I mean, there was no need to dump the ball off to him or have him run her out. I mean, they, the chiefs wide receivers dominated that game. Uh, Kelsey was huge. Uh, you know, they're just, 
it's such a good group of pass catchers that they don't need him to be a pass catcher week to week, uh, but he's got that ability, and that's a plus. Uh, the area I was most concerned with was was the goal line. Uh, one, for getting stuffed, but just also with the Kansas City line in those short yardage situations, uh, they were allowing a lot of penetration. I mean, he was met two yards deep, I think, on five of those six runs, and you know, a couple of them he fought to get back to the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's that shows something to me, but you, you got to get some kind of push on the goal line as an offensive line, so I don't put that all on his, his shoulders, uh, but he also has to improve down there as well. Anthony. Yeah, I agree. He needs to improve on the goal line, but come on, this guy rushed the ball 25 times at 138 yards. His first game, his first game in the pros. I mean, what more can you ask from the guy? Uh, answer nothing. Goal line touchdowns. Come on, come on. <laughs> he, he, just a couple more. You, you guys, yeah, before he got drafted, said, "Oh yeah, no, he's no good." Then he goes to the to the, fir- the he gets the first running back taken in the draft to, to the best offense in the league. Ah, well, you know, yeah, I don't think we should pump pump him up too much. You know, he comes out rushes for 138 yards and a touchdown. You guys are saying, "Oh well, you know, uh, he he could work better on the goal line." I mean, come on, it's his first game. Uh, you know, this is a too early prediction, but you know what? He is living up to the hype, and I own CEH in a couple spots. I wish I have him in more. Rick, what do you think? Well, I've already said most of what I think, but the other thing that we're forgetting here is that this guy had six in the box for 80% of his runs, which is going to help any running back. I'll just say that, which he's going to get with playing for the Chiefs. But if we're talking on a pure skill level, it still remained to be determined. We're talking about one week. You're crowning people after one week because there's some other production that we had in in week one where I'm sure you would say it's not going to hold up. No, this is the way too early show, and that's my way too early prediction. What prediction? You didn't make a prediction. You got to make a prediction. My my prediction is he's living up to the hype, and he's going to live up to the hype. Yeah. That's not a prediction. That's a statement. Yeah, it is. That's not a That's prediction. A confirmation of hype. <laughs> <laughs> a prediction would be like he finishes as RB. Pick a number. He'll he'll be he'll be RB eight or better. Okay. What's wrong with that? All right. Well, no, I just I for, for <laughs> how angry you're getting, I didn't expect eight. You act, well, act like, like like this guy's gonna top top the, the board. Goal, or something. The goal line is a little concerning. I mean, he is a short little guy, and you know well, he's but, like but he's like an angry football. It, it is a little concerning. Okay, but I, do think, I do think <laughs> okay. JT JT uh, Jonathan Taylor in that Colts game, right? Six receptions. See the opposite. We thought Jonathan Taylor was the guy that could run, but didn't know if he could catch. He ends up with six receptions. He wasn't very efficient on the ground. It was kind of like a like a twilight zone. We talked about it all weekend where we had a lot of pass catchers that didn't get targeted, a lot of non-pass catchers that got targeted. Josh Jacobs was six, and, and, and uh, Jonathan Taylor was six, and then guys like Eckler with one, and, and CEH was only – or C, uh, CMC was only targeted three times. It's like a backwards thing. But Jonathan Taylor, if he catches the ball like this and runs like we think – 
this dude's going to be a monster in the NFL. But he does have Naeem Hines there that he's going to have to battle with. Uh, Colt said he's going to be involved even though Mac's out and injured with the ACL. Mac had four catches or something before he left. That guy was going to go off if he would if if uh, he wouldn't have got injured. Uh, but the Colts lost to the Jags, and that's laughable. So uh, there goes my survivor pools. And Jason, we'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah, it was surprising to see him, you know, get the, that much work, uh, you know, catching the ball when we all thought that he was going to be the early down back if, you know, if Mac wasn't doing so hot. Um, yeah, the sky's the limit for Jonathan Taylor, though. This guy's a freak. Um, I, I'm pretty excited about it. Now he's getting his opportunity, and I think he's going to take advantage of it for sure, and he's going to climb the ranks. Yeah. Well, Pass it on, Jason. Tell Rob to talk. <laughs> Rob. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm good. I, you know, I knew he was going to get targets at some point. Didn't think there were going to be that many in week one, but I knew he was going to get targets at some point. I mean, he's playing with check down Charlie uh, as, as his quarterback. So, I mean, he targeted running backs 17 times. He was 17 of 17 passing to running backs on Sunday. That number is only going to continue. There's going to be plenty of pass catching opportunities for Jonathan Taylor which in the long run is going to make him a better pass catcher but we're also going to see some really bad drops this year don't I I, I don't think there's any doubt about that he's going to drop the ball in opportune times uh he's going to have his, his issues as a, as a receiver uh but all along I thought he was a lot better than people gave him credit for definitely not near the best in the class but everyone was saying he can't catch at all uh, all you had to do was look back to college to when he played Minnesota in the snow and you could see he was decent at it, uh, just needed some work. Uh, his opportunity now to run behind that line, uh, hopefully he puts out better production. I mean, I still love uh, JT uh, and think he's got a, he's got a good opportunity. Uh, really disappointed, though, for, for Marlon Mack. Uh, that's tough. You already have to fight off a rookie and then who, who's got the kind of clout that JT had and, and then you get hurt. Yeah, you mean bad drops like DeAndre Swift type, right? Uh, Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rob, what did, you, what did you call Rivers? Check down Charlie? Man. Yeah. Uh, my Eckler shares are really missing check down Charlie. <laughs> check down uh, Phillip. That's what we're going to call him. Check down, check down Philly. I, I wish he was back in, in uh, with the Chargers. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, uh, Jonathan Taylor, I thought, he, I thought he did really well. Uh, I was also surprised to see the six catches. Yeah, Mac with the Achilles, that, that's a bummer, man. You know, a lot of people, uh, myself included, were thinking, man, it's going to be more of a timeshare, especially early on. Well, that that isn't the case. And Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to just take over this backfield. Hines will still be in the mix, but I, I think this is going to be the JT show. Uh, so, no, even if even if you have Hines, this might even be a good opportunity to sell him because I, I just think Jonathan Taylor is going to take over this backfield. Yeah, I, he's going to lead the backfield, but Hines isn't going to go anywhere. Hines is still going to be involved now, I think. But um, I'll just go ahead and skip. I was gonna, We were going to talk Dobbins next, but I brought up DeAndre Swift, and I'm going to say he punched in that touchdown and then had two horrific drops, one of them that would have, you know, won the game for the Lions. Yeah. And I feel bad for the kid, to be completely honest. Like, as a Bears fan, I'm ecstatic, but – um, even though I wasn't a fan of his coming out, um, I, I thought he was going to be a monster uh, pass catcher. 
but I, you don't want to see that happen to a kid in his first game. Like, literally, you let down the entire team and organization <laughs> in your first game when you could have caught the ball and won the game for them, had a two-touchdown day, and I sound like I'm throwing him under the bus more, but I do feel bad for him. Um, if it would have been, like, I would, I would really feel bad for him if it was against, like, the Packers. You know, I would really, really feel bad for him when <laughs> when the Packers could have got a an L on the board. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Stone hands in this game, two really, really bad drops. It's surprising to see from from this kid because I I thought his hands were superb. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, no, that was that was really surprising. I didn't get to watch much of that game live, but seeing that drop at the end, oh. It was, like you said, just, just devastating to watch. Um, you know, we talk about it sometimes with some other skill positions or, or people people talk about it. We don't really because we're, we're focused on the, the skilled position, guys. But, you know, uh, I was listening to NFL Network, and they were talking about a couple of years ago, uh, you know, an offensive lineman, rookie offensive lineman, had to go in and play left tackle in, like, the first game of the season because the starter got hurt and was missing. And I, I don't remember who he went up against, but he gave up, like, six sacks as a rookie, pretty highly touted rookie, and he never succeeded in the NFL after that. I mean, these first games like this can be devastating. Now, luckily, he had some good moments and stuff, and hopefully he can build off that. But, you know, that's going to be just an ugly backfield all year with AP and carry on uh, along with Swift. So, um, you know, ho- hopefully he can grow. Jason. Yeah, that concentration drop at the end for Swift was just – that was a bummer because, yeah, it would have sealed the game and won it for him. So it's just, you know, it's a shame that it came down to that, you know, being a rookie and that's your first game and you're trying to make an impression on, you know, your team that drafted you and then you go ahead and blow the, you know, the, the game-winning catch. But, hey, that happens. I mean, the kid's going to learn. I think it's a good learning opportunity for him. Uh, he's still he's still got a lot of upside uh I mean, you can only go off from, you know, the low moments of, you know, the beginning of the season, your first, you know, g- game in the show. And, yeah, uh, I still got high hopes for him. I'll just say he could have learned from the first drop and not had to have the second one that <laughs> yeah. that completely demoralizes the kid to, to help him out. That's all I'll say. That's a little – that's like a nail in the coffin there. Um, Anthony. Come on, he's a lion. I mean, what do you guys expect? You know what I mean? You like, guys, you guys oh, were in the team chat when I told Brad <laughs> at the end of the third quarter, I'd quit talking shit if I were you because if any team can blow this lead, it's the Lions. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I mean, I, otherwise, you know, it's his first game. I don't want to overreact. Uh, so, yeah, it was a bad drop. Yeah, it cost him the game. But, you know, he still had a touchdown, and, you know, he's still – I, I don't know. I was really the the thing that was really surprising to me with the Lions was Adrian Peterson. Like, dude will not go away. He he's just gonna keep destroying backfields for fantasy until he dies. Frank Gore 2.0. Uh, yeah, like and, and and worse is Carry On. I mean, a lot of people were still kind of you know clinging on to that last part of hope. You know, Carry On Johnson was gonna pull through. I mean, he's. I mean, he came. And, I, I'd rather start AP over Carry On. Um, but you know, I think you know Swift's gonna find his groove. It's, it's a bad drop, uh, but, you know, it's his first game, you know, every, a little rusty, a little scared, tunnel vision. I don't know what was going on, but, uh, no, I, I, I would be optimistic. I, I think Swift, Swift, Swift did all right. 
Okay, we got to go much, much faster than we're going right now. We've got 20, 19 minutes left, and we're not even through three running backs yet. So we got to go <laughs> quick, quick, quick. Uh, okay, for Dobbins, all I'm going to say is he led the backfield in snaps in week one in his first game. I know this was a guy that everybody thought they were going to have to wait on because of this, this Ravens backfield. Uh, he showed his explosiveness and found the end zone. Um I'm 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 really excited that we may get more J.K. Dobbins sooner than we had thought because he was my running back one A in this class. Uh, I see you shaking your head, Rob. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, I'm excited about the same about that too. Uh, overall, I thought it was a really inefficient game for their backfield, uh, but the saving grace was Dobbins with the two touchdowns. I, I I feel like he looked the best of of all those guys, but all told, averaging only you know, three yards to carry as a team on, on 20 carries was for the running backs was, was not what you wanted to see, not what you were expecting from Baltimore. Uh, so they got to figure that out, how to get some yardage there. Anthony, what are you thinking about Dobbins? Yeah, I was surprised he got as much run as he did. So yeah, if you have him, you're optimistic that he's going to be more involved, especially early on. So yeah, let's keep rolling with Dobbins. Jason. Yeah, he looks like the goal line back. I mean, that's they're probably going to use him down there instead of Ingram. But uh, I temper my expectations. I'm very high on him. Um, but I mean, still Ingram's still a part of it, and he, you know, they're probably still going to split until you know Dobbins can take over completely. Uh, that that moves us on to Cam Akers in L.A. Obviously, we've seen Malcolm Brown lead that backfield, but Cam Akers wasn't not involved. Wasn't as productive as these other uh, rookie running backs. But I think, you know, I guess my take would be it, it didn't stick out, but it, it didn't look bad either, in my opinion. Um, there were some plays that looked bad, but there were other times where he was he was shifty and, and looked like he could make some stuff happen. But when compared to Malcolm Brown, because Malcolm Brown actually looked really good in this game, um, I think people are a little down on the Cam Akers debut uh, because of what these other four guys did, and then other guys that you know we got a few more guys we're going to talk about real quick. Um, but uh, thoughts on Akers there, Anthony? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you, you, we we all watch Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Jonathan Taylor, Dobbins. I mean, all these guys are. are kicking ass at first swept with the drop. But then Akers, you know, comes on, and it's like, eh, all right. I mean, like I said before, first game, can't overreact. He was involved. I don't believe in the Malcolm Brown hype, so I think it's just going to take a little bit of time. Akers will will uh, be more involved as the season goes on. Rob? Well, I think he was already heavily involved. The problem was he just wasn't very efficient. He seemed to think on a lot of the carries, especially early that the object was to run into the defense. Uh, but, you know, as the game went on, I did see some of that shiftiness you were talking about. Hopefully that's just, you know, him getting more comfortable getting to that first game jitters out of the way, and he's going to uh, continue to grow and look more like he did towards the, the latter stages of the game uh, earlier, beginning in week two. Jason? Yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. Uh, he's got a lot of potential, and McVay's going to find a way to use him. Right away, first game, they, you know, they gave him 14 carries, so why not? Uh, yeah, I mean, Malcolm Brown's there. He's, he's a more experienced veteran, but, you know, it's the Cam Akers show here pretty soon. 
okay. Uh, Antonio Gibson was super highly touted. Um, this dude played the fewest snaps out of that backfield uh, outside of Bryce Love, which I don't even know if Bryce Love got any action, uh, any snaps at all this week. But um, McKinnon, uh, or not McKinnon, uh, McKissick, and Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber punched in two. Uh, they both played like almost 40% of the snaps, I believe. And, and there was Antonio Gibson down there with um, – 20% even though he did get those touches but as the game progressed they moved away from him and to the veterans when they actually thought oh shit we have a chance to win this game like the <laughs> the, the Eagles are really going to let us win this one let's go ahead and go to the veterans here um, he had one really productive run and everything else was kind of blah but he wasn't using the passing game and when you're talking about a receiver converted to running back you want to see him using the passing game because it's going to take a while before he's going to be able to see and notice those holes, if there are holes, open up on that offensive line. Obviously, the Eagles' run defense is really tough, um, but you you don't want to see him just used as a running back because it is going to take him time to see, see that stuff open up. Um, Jason, what are your thoughts on the Antonio Gibson debut? Yeah, the hype was crazy about him, you know, as soon as – uh, Darius Geis was released. Uh, he still got a lot of potential. Um, but yeah, like you said, he he didn't he didn't see a ton of work that everyone was expecting, and a lot of people probably started him as you know a RB two or a, even in the flex spot. So to see that kind of production, it was kind of you know it was it was a down kind of thing. But I think he's gonna you know have his boom weeks, and he, and then the hype will probably go straight back up again. Rob, yeah, I'm not taking. Uh any of the hype away uh, from him. Uh, I, I wasn't quite hyped as high uh, on him as I think he, he got in the general public. Uh, but, I mean, McKissick and Barber are Jags, and, and they proved that in week one. They had 20 combined carries for 27 yards. That's 1.35 yards a carry. That's awful. So there's no doubt the best athlete in that backfield is Antonio Gibson. He's going to get more run. It's not worth bailing on him. It's coming. That was also a tough defense. Roll him out there in your flex again. Give him a shot. I mean, there, there's nothing in front of him anymore with the cut of AP. Yeah, I, I mean, I disagree a, a little bit on that, Rob. I, I'm not starting Antonio Gibson until I have a better feeling that he's going to actually get a chance to score. I mean, they're choosing to use Peyton Barber at the goal line. To, he, he got two – I mean, you say 27 yards. He had two touchdowns. Uh, Gibson – I don't think the Washington football team is going to have a lot of opportunities to score as it is. And if he's not getting any goal line work, I just I just worry that he's not going to be valuable enough to start on a weekly basis like that. Yeah, so I, I didn't put this out. In 2019, I logged every carry by a running back. Um, at least I did it after the season. This year I started in week one, started logging these to see uh, if we have any trends in efficiency, right? Antonio Gibson had 55% of his production on one carry. And yes, he is explosive. We all know that. But I mean, on the rest of his carries, he 66% of his carries were under four yards. He wasn't exactly ex explosive. Uh, like Anthony said, Barber, 
two of them were short touchdowns, so you you're capped on your your output there. But um, I just think it's dangerous to rely on a wide receiver turned running back this early if he's not using the passing game. If he got six targets like uh, Jonathan Taylor, we're talking about a completely different story. But I I mean I don't even know was McKissick used in the passing game? Like did they use any of the mm-hmm. running backs? Because I didn't really look at McKissick's stuff because I don't care about yeah. McKissick, but um, just a little. Uh, uh, Pass catching running backs matter too. Bad running backs matter too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's go on to. We're gonna do this quick, okay? James Robinson. I'm not. I mean, I don't have anything to say on James Robinson. Bad I'm running neither backs here or, nor there. <laughs> I mean, he, he he started out really good. He started out really good and was really efficient to start, and then it then it it backtracked and then it all leveled out. So, um, not really excited well, about him. Jaws in the chat and YouTube asked, you know, hey, John, James Robinson, is he's the real deal? I mean, he's just a volume. I mean, he's good to have if you just have to start someone. But I wouldn't be thinking he's going to blow the lights out. I mean, he's just – he's like your typical volume back. You know, he's hes going to get the carries, but he's not going to do much with them. So I wouldn't feel great about starting him, but if I had to, then, then you have to. After Anthony said that, News comes in that in week two, James Robinson's going to have eight receptions out of the backfield. Yeah. Jason. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just a guy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, he could blow up and be somebody. I mean, the guy's got a shot, so why not? But I'm not excited about him, to be honest. Rob. He's just Peyton Barber. He's going to put the ball <laughs> into the end zone if he gets a couple short carries at the one. And other than that, he's not going to be any good. So what you're saying is Ronald Jones comes to the Jags and then splits carries with James Robinson. Very possible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, just just more guys I don't want in Jacksonville. Just just a just a needle for all the Rojo fans out there. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, Joshua Kelly. Um, again, this kid, I wasn't high on him coming in. Um, had some production here in Week One. But uh, this is still Austin Eckler's backfield, no doubt about it. If you would have told me that Austin Eckler was going to rush for 84 yards in week one, I would have said it's a smash week for Austin Eckler, and he probably scored you 20 PPR points. Obviously, that didn't happen because he had, like, one reception for two yards. It's just weird. Um, So, um, I mean, Joshua Jackson obviously belongs on rosters. uh, But if you could sell him right now or – you know, possibly in a couple weeks, within the next couple weeks, you might get the most value out of Joshua Kelly that he's ever going to have, in my opinion. Uh, Rob, what do you think in there on Joshua, Joshua Kelly? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, an impressive week one for him, for a, a guy I, too, was not overly high on. Um, but, you know, that Melvin Gordon role is still up for grabs. If he comes out and he dominates the touches like that, you know, the next couple of weeks and, and continues to be effective, uh, then he's then I'm gonna look to start acquiring him for dynasty leagues. But uh, you know, right now I still I still believe in Justin Jackson. I'm the Justin Jackson truther. Uh, I actually I actually agree. I mean, Justin Jackson has had weeks like this too. So it's not like he's just gonna go away because Joshua Kelly had one week. Um, yeah. Anthony. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's something to just keep an eye on. It's hard to say one way or another who's going to you know, get the bulk of the carries ultimately. It may just be an injury that makes the decision. But uh, Anthony Lynn made a point, head coach. You know, they're going to try to get Eckler more, more touches, and it's something he's trying to do. So I think, I think we're going to see Eckler be more involved in the passing game as well. And so if you have Eckler right now, don't, don't worry. Just, you know, week one, see what happens, and uh, stay patient, and we'll be good to go. Okay, Zach Moss is still on his way back to the locker room after their game the other day. <laughs> Obviously, if you're new to the stream, we've had this Zach Moss slow as Moss joke going on all offseason. Uh, it looks like a, a split there in the backfield with Devin Singletary, which makes both of them probably not startable for me because Josh Allen's going to vulture enough touchdowns that it's going to piss me off. Um, and I have some Devin Singletary, no Zach Moss, so it's probably just a bench both at the time being until one gets 75% of the carries uh, to the other one's 25%. That's my opinion. Uh, I see two of you shaking your head yes. Uh, so I'll go with Jason first. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I agree with what you said. I think Allen's still the goal line back, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> sad. But, um, yeah, uh, Zach Moss, I mean, he, he looked good. Uh, he didn't look like a rookie by any means. And they had him out there on the field. And uh, I think this kind of hurts for the Singletary owners because, you know, he's the heavier back is Moss. And I think that eventually he, he's going to be on the goal line and maybe see some touches if it's not Allen. Uh, Rob. Yeah, I sold out of this backfield uh, in the offseason after Moss was drafted. I got rid of my Singletary shares. Um, I think I might have gotten Moss in a couple of redraft leagues just as RB6s. But like you said, it's it's just going to be vulturing each other and then ultimately being vultured at the goal line by Josh Allen. So value's minimal for either guy. Anthony. Yeah, I predict by week eight one of these guys will emerge – uh, probably from an injury, though. I, you know, I, I see them both as the same guy, and like you, like you've said, you can't start either of them because both Singletary and Moss just kind of eat away at each other, and you're not going to get much of anything. So, I agree, it's it's a backfield to avoid if possible. All right, so here's how we're going to do wide receivers. We're going to go ahead and uh, and. I don't know, do you guys have the list up in front of you, or do you want me to tell you what wide receivers we're going to talk about, and each of us are going to pick one, um, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll fly through these. Obviously, one week, there's not a lot to go on except for uh, uh, just usage, basically. Um, none of them had, like, blow-up weeks. No Hollywood Brown week one from a year ago, but... Um, we got Rager, Rugg, Chenault, Claypool, Judy, and Lamb. And Anthony, I'm going to let you go ahead and pick one first. All right, well, I'm going to go with Ruggs. Um, I, I, think, I, think, <laughs> I think the Raiders really wanted to get him involved. He had a couple rushes on the ground. Uh, he had three catches, 55 yards. Uh, I think if you drafted him in the first round, you, you're, you should be pretty happy with, with how much he was involved this early on in the season. I do not disagree with anything. Everybody good there? Anything else? Yeah, uh, Jason yeah, wants yeah, to say yeah. something. Yeah, no, he took my guy. He felt I felt a little dagger there. Uh, I'm really hyping <laughs> up Rugs. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think he's explosive, and uh, the stock's going to be rising very soon. It's already up there. 
Yeah, hopefully he can uh, stay healthy and get back on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, I think Rob's gonna take my guy, but who you uh, who you taking there, Rob? Okay, I'll let you have him. <laughs> There's All not right. a lot to say about him anyway. <laughs> One yeah, guy. Okay. All right, you can have him. Uh, I'll talk about uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, you know, I didn't have him as my wide receiver one because I felt there were some issues there with him with uh, alligating on some balls and stuff. And, and I don't know that he did that in week one, but he definitely dropped the ball, even though he had the opportunity, had some costly drops. It definitely wasn't his loss uh, of that game by any means, but uh, – as the whole Broncos team didn't do enough to win. But, uh, you know, he, he had the opportunity. He's going to get peppered with passes in that offense. Um, all these guys, you know, just going to continue to get better and develop. All right, Jason. Take yeah, it. I'm going to go with LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I'm really high on this guy. And uh, <laughs> um, I think he's this year's Debo, uh, Debo Samuel, uh, probably better than Debo, honestly. Um, wow. They're going to – they're going to have a, yeah, that hurts for the Niners fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, the guy's explosive. He's, you know, he's a playmaker and I think they're going to find ways to get him the ball. And, uh, you know, Jacksonville, they, they need a lot of help. So why not? I will say minus injury. Chenault wasn't just a dynasty first rounder. He was an NFL first rounder without injuries. Like he would have went in that mm-hmm. first round. Um, if, if he wouldn't have, if he didn't have those injury concerns, um, Anthony, did you uh, already go? I chose. You go. I okay. chose rugs. Well, uh, let me just let me just quickly say though. I, I think you're going to talk about who I think you're going to talk about. I just want to say, you know, CD Lamb is going to get more opportunities now with Jarwin out, so he's someone just to keep an eye on. That's all I want to add about CD Lamb. Oh, CD Lamb's going to be great. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know we talked about him yet. <laughs> um, Rager. Uh, Rager's my guy. He's been the guy I've been pumping all, all year. And we only saw one catch for 55 yards. People told me I was crazy when I said that I think he could go over a thousand yards in, in his, his first season. Um, the only thing I want to say is that out of all the receivers on the Eagles, he had the highest snap count. He had four targets. He only had one catch, but he got the most run out of all those receivers. And we're talking, D Jacks on that, that team, a, a veteran, um, obviously the tight ends on that team, they played like 80% of the snaps. Um, so they run a lot of two wide receiver sets, but he was in there. This is their number one wide receiver. Uh, th- you know, the production is going to come with that. And he has a serious shot of going over a thousand yards in his rookie season, if he can stay healthy. And it was also impressive that he got back for week one to begin with. Because when he first got hurt, we thought he was going to miss at least the first two to four weeks of the season. So this dude toughs it out. He plays. And I think there's going to be some some good production coming from uh, Jalen Rager here as the season progresses. Uh, the only other one that we didn't talk about here, because Anthony said a little bit about Lamb. He had, what, five catches in that game. And, yeah. and he does look like a, a beast. Uh, but Claypool got a lot of run in that uh, Steelers offense. And all I'll say is that you've got Juju, who is the clear number one. And then I think Claypool just as fast as he's working into this uh, rotation is making 
wide receivers two through four on that Steelers offense. Very tough to predict from a week-to-week basis. And James Washington looked good at times in that game. Uh, Johnson started out, looked horrible, but then improved later in the game. And then Claypool had, you know, one really nice catch early and then a big first down later. Um, I I think this is just going to hurt all three of those guys for the time being. Um, you know, we, we talked about the Buffalo running backs, but one of these guys is going to have to step up above the, the head. I love Claypool, but man, I just hate this three headed monster for that wide receiver two spot behind Juju. Uh, do any of you have any strong feelings on this situation? Raise your hand if so, and then I'll call I'll be your teacher and I'll call on you. (laughs) (laughs) No, everybody agrees. You hit it on the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're gonna. I think that they should work in Claypool more. Honestly, they should have got him some more targets. Uh, he looked good, and um, you know they still got Vance McDonald too, who's another guy that they had out there on the field a lot. So that was kind of interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I'd say you know Claypool needs to get in there, but you know they're all gonna vulture off for each other, so it's kind of hard to predict, like you said. And yeah, and Ebron as well uh, ran a lot of routes yeah. in that game, so it's it's just a really? t- there's just so many options in that offense. Um, so yeah, uh, next is Joe Burrow. I didn't watch this game, so I don't know how he looked. I know some people said he looked bad at times, which you expect. It's his first start in the NFL. Uh, he did put them in a position to tie the game late, which you like to see out of a young quarterback. Um, I don't have any strong uh, strong points to make here on Burrow. Uh, does anybody else? Again, raise your hand, and I'll I'll call on you so we don't speak over each other. Okay, Anthony, yeah. immediately. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought he looked pretty good. I liked how he showed his rushing ability, uh, which was nice. That's how he got his touchdown. I will say, though, the interception he had toward the end of the game, you know, you're down by three points. It was like this, like, Brett Favre shuffle. Like, it was just, it was just awful. So, uh, I don't want to examine it too hard you know first game you know rookie mistake fine uh but that was a little concerning that interception i don't know if you you didn't see that deandre swift literally dropping a game-winning touchdown isn't concerning because it's week one but joe burrow making a mistake shovel pass it was a a little concerning it was a bad bad decision it was was a bad decision at the end of the game you're down by three you can't turn the ball over uh, well i can tell you that there's 51 guys in that locker room that thought deandre swift's decision to drop the ball was a bad one too hey a little bit different chicago thought it was a good decision so i'll just i'll just (laughs) say that all right uh uh, we're gonna skip the rest because I want to answer some questions. We were gonna give a couple, uh, a couple, you know, guys we're keeping our eye on, but uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna skip that because we've got a lot of questions here in the chat, and I don't want to ignore anybody. Uh, some people were like yelling at us because you like you like this guy. Tell me what you think of this trade. Uh, so if you have start sick questions, here's what you need to do, right? And I'll actually, I'll I'll get this link and I'll drop it in the chat. Uh, You need to go over to the video we've got. Drop that start sit question on the the start sit question video. We post those and we have a team chat where we post all of them. We have polls and we all vote on them. So you're not getting just one opinion or the four of us here. You're getting the entire Roto Heat team, which is like 15 to 20 guys voting on these so that we give you a crowdsourced answer rather than just... Uh, a few guys um 
I will get that and drop that in the chat. Um, trade question I seen here. Um, Jaws Whedon said, is Armstead still a hold? Um, Rob, I'll go ahead and, and start with you there. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I think he's similar to Robinson. So, yeah, but you can hold him. But if there's a free agent out there you like, I have no problem going to get him. I don't, I think he's just a, just a guy and he's not going to be great once he does, if he does become the starter. Anthony, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think he's all. You're cutting out. We're going to Jason. Yeah, I'd say hold on to him. Um, there's no reason to just drop him straight up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, not, no, no one's really, like, super high on him. I mean, when, you know, they got rid of Lenny, they, you know, everyone went after Reckwell because they, you know, believe he was the backup. And then hold. he goes. He went down, hold on, you know, Anthony. Let, let Jason finish. You know, he went down with the injury. And then, um, yeah, so, you know, there's the next man up kind of philosophy with them. So. I think Raquel is, you know, their starter. They wanted him to be the starter, and, you know, it was just unfortunate with the way the season started. So I'd hold on to him. But if you can get some value and if someone believes in him, then cash out right away. Because I don't, I don't think he'll be the starter next year. You back with us, Anthony? Yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, think nope, he's a, I think he's a hold, especially if you can keep him on your IR. But I was just saying – if you can trade him to the James Robinson owner, that would be the direction I would I would go at this point. Yeah, I think uh, I think you could trade him. I don't think you want to drop him um, just because if James Robinson goes down, we've already seen multiple running backs in this this group go down this year. Um, if he goes down, then Reichwell's stepping right in. If he doesn't even come in and split right away when he gets back off the COVID list. So uh, that backfield's up for grabs. I wouldn't just drop him unless you're getting, uh, you know, another decent option. Um, let's see. Uh, somebody's, uh, Robert said cut bait on Claypool in, in dynasty. No. You're not cutting bait on Claypool. You're you're holding him for quite a while before you're going to be dropping him. Um, I'm assuming everybody here agrees with that. So we'll move on to Quentin Cephas. He was we were going to mention him anyway. Taylor Taylor ass over on YouTube. Ten targets, played 79% of the snaps in his first game. Um, I will say, obviously, Galladay's out. Right? If Galladay's back in, it's Galladay Marvin Jones show. Cephas ain't going to run run that much and he's not going to get 10 targets anybody have i know one of you was that jason yeah he was your guy was there anything that you wanted to say on him yeah i mean like you said uh galladay was out so it was you know cephas's turn which was a huge surprise to a lot of people and i bet he's sitting on a lot of waiver wires right now so if he's sitting there go ahead and take a shot on him if you if you have the room for him but uh i wouldn't go crazy to go acquire him you know but uh, the guy has potential for sure, and, you know, obviously Detroit likes what they see when they're going to give him 10 targets on his first game in the NFL. So let's just see what happens. Yeah. Him. He only caught three of them, though, so we'll yeah, see how true. that goes moving forward. Yep. Uh, well, no, I mean, it's still good to get that volume, but, you know, you got to convert some of those, and I don't think Stafford was, like, completely horrible. Um so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But hopefully Galladay gets back because I think we all probably have some Galladay on our rosters. Um, PJ Shaw says, need some input. What do you all think about trading Tyreek for Jonathan Taylor and 
Henry Ruggs. Anybody have a strong feeling on this one? Yeah, I'd say that's a that sounds like a good deal to me. Uh, Tyreek, you know, that contract set up year to year. You never know when they can move on from him. Um, I, and Rugg, Jonathan Taylor is a potential to be a, an RB1 running back. And to me, I'll take that uh, all day. So um, Ruggs also can be an, an RB, a wide receiver one at some point. So, I mean, you're, you're trading for the future here, but I don't mind it. Anybody have a differing opinion there? No. No, I think it's I think it's I think it's fair. Um uh, your Oh, PJ asked about that trade. That's the one where he said you guys are high on, hyped on rugs. What do you think of that trade? So we got that. Should I uh start sick question? We're it's too early in the week. Uh Claypool looked nice. Naheem Hines or Malcolm Brown off of waivers, non-PPR? Oh, Malcolm Brown. Oh, I did Yeah, I'd go Brown. Oh, Malcolm Brown good. easily. I like easily. Hines. I like Malcolm Hines. Brown easily. Non-PPR? No. Non-PPR, no. Oh, standard? Oh, my bad. I agree. Malcolm Brown. My bad. Okay. I was like, dude, you're you're high. <laughs> you no, know, that, that yeah, Cali weed's burning up in the no, for, no, no. in the forest fires. And... No, you say non PPR, I get confused. No, okay. I had another one here from Facebook. I think uh, standard scoring. A guy just verbally offered me Dobbins and Taylor for my Saquon Barkley. What are your thoughts? Ooh. I'm Ooh. sticking with Barkley. Yeah, People call Barkley. me crazy. I'm sticking with Barkley. It's standard, right? Man, um, I would, I would, I would do that if I was like rebuilding and needed running backs. But if you're rebuilding, you don't normally need running back. I, I would keep Barkley. Yeah, if I'm rebuilding there, I'm going with, I'm trying to get to, Value. you know, multiple of those rookie wide receivers that we talked about. Right. And then worry about running backs later when you're getting closer to contention. Is what I would do in that that situation. Um, I agree. Uh, again, if uh, uh, I see BitSource just ask another start sit question, it's it's too early in the week. I gotta, I still gotta look at matchups and stuff. Um, but I'm gonna drop the link again. Um, this is our start sit video. What we do is we take all the start sit questions on this video, um, and we put them to a team vote. So we get a, a crowdsourced uh, answer for you, and then we release a video on Friday. If you have Thursday players in the question, we'll answer them Thursday evening on that on that post. We'll reply to you and answer that. So uh, go ahead, and the link's dropped in the chat, so you can go over there and put your questions on that post, and we will get to them later in the week. Um, we will answer every one of them that, that we get on there. Um, unless we get like a, a just a crazy stupid amount, we'll we'll at least answer them on the post uh, later this week if we don't get to them in the video. But I want to thank everybody for being here. Um, Rob looks like he's about to pass out. Uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't slept in since the season started last Thursday, so um, I could get out of here early as well, or late, I guess, 10 minutes, 12 minutes late. But uh, we appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Um, want, want to remind you, we have the redraft stream tomorrow night at 9.30 p.m. 
um, the Fantasy Inferno. Uh, they're going to be going over week one and taking a look forward to week two. Uh, we dropped a waiver wire video. If you haven't got your waiver wire uh, stuff in for this week, uh, if they run on Wednesday morning, make sure to go watch that. See what we thought about a bunch of the guys that popped this week. Uh, but remember, don't... Uh, don't use too much of your, your fab budget this week. Uh, you might even want to hold on to get that top priority because COVID hits. You don't know who's going to be missing. So, um, so you know, Rob mentions that. Rob, Rob, you're going to hear his uh, spectacular voice on that video. Uh, but uh, he mentions that in there as well. Um, and then Sunday mornings, you can tune in with me at 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, heading up to game time, and we will be dropping some DFS videos here. Uh, Craig and I are recording in the morning, and we will have some videos out here for the, for the rest of the week, but we just dropped Malcolm Brown. We dropped Joshua Kelly videos today, uh, and I've got... Uh, I got... I got three more coming tomorrow. So, uh, thanks, everybody. Anybody got any last words? No. Thank you. Good luck. Yeah, I just wanted to add in, uh, join join our Discord and our Facebook, uh, you know, groups. If you want to get quick answers, well, you're going to get a lot of responses on that stuff. So, I mean, if you have other sit questions or sit start sit questions, trade questions, anything like that, we're all willing to help you. And you're going to – there's a great community there. So, there's a lot of good minds that are trying to help you win. So, RotoHeat.com slash Discord. On Facebook, just search RotoHeat. You'll find our – we have multiple groups on there. You'll find those. Um, I want to thank you guys again. I want to thank you guys for being here. Um, and And taking time on your Tuesday night. And we will be back next Tuesday with the Dynasty Heat Seekers. Yeah.